Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. How's it going, Dina? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a good day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy well, Tuesday. Welcome back to the show. Good to have you for another episode of A Little More Good. We got so much goodness coming at you this week. Yeah. Very special guest. One of those guests that like before we launched the pod, you know, it was an individual that uh, listened to another podcast, followed on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, was kind of one of those lofty guys that, you know, one day maybe we can get this guy on and stars aligned with some help from our our friendly folks at uh planted planted expo steve steven Merkvich and and his his team the crew the crew the greatest crew so who do we have on this week dina we got to sit down and have a conversation with the one and only nimai delgado amazing amazing he might uh if you if you follow him online you know exactly who he is but if you don't he's currently like he's like a, a fitness coach vegan fitness coach entrepreneur founder of um, Veg Nutrition and uh, yeah, is coaching veganfitness.com all on Instagram. Um, amazing individual, celebrated, decorated bodybuilder, uh, never eaten meat, which we get into on the pod. Yeah, was raised, uh, spoiler, his parents are, are uh, Harry Krishnas yeah. and, uh, you know, he was born on a, a spiritual path mm-hmm. and, uh has never eaten meat, which is incredible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were excited to have Nimai on to kind of ask all of the questions about building muscle, totally. building physique, uh, athleticism, movement, weightlifting, all those things with with a plant-based diet. And, you know, we did that. But the best part of the conversation for me was when we, you know, took a turn into manifestation, yeah. spirituality, intentioneering yes one might say yes is his kind of a foray into the law of attraction and that exact idea of intentioneering he talks about his his background as an engineer and marrying that with the idea of like being an intentional person with your life and when we started getting into this piece of the conversation like the energy in the room just shifted and it was so good it, 
it was so, so awesome. It was a beautiful day in Vancouver, nice and sunny. I mean, we were recording in WeWork. Shout out to our friends at Myo Detox for the hookup. But um, just, it was, it was like one of those perfect kind of mornings. And it, this conversation just like fit part and parcel with it. And honestly left us both so energized. And we've been talking about it nonstop uh, since and thinking about it, reflecting on it. And also, I would say as a result of the conversation that we had with Nimai, um, he definitely like shifted or altered our trajectory and path and thinking not only about the podcast itself, but just our own lives and fitness journeys and how do we see ourselves and understand ourselves. We always talk about being, you know, running and being runners and this and that, but um, really kind of like after this conversation gave us the nudge to, to pick up some, some weights and and move some heavier weight. And it's been so fun. And I mean, I credit that to this conversation and to Nimai's influence and inspiration for sure. Ditto, 100%. Yeah. Yes, Nimai, beautiful soul, beautiful person, beautiful energy. Yeah. Beautiful conversation. Totally. Let's let it roll. Let it roll. All right, we're here with uh, Nimai Delgado. Welcome, Nimai. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Vancouver. Yeah, always Bad al- city. Always sunny, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like torrential, torrential rainfall. Not as, today. As you flew in, well, so excited to chat about so many things and uh, to you know connect with you over Planted Expo. It's such a so many things happening this this weekend with uh, so many amazing individuals like yourself that are having such an impact on on the the plant based movement. So. Uh, yeah, we're excited to sit down and connect and uh, see where our conversations go. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm happy to be here in Vancouver. This is my first time in Canada since COVID or be, since before COVID. Right. Yeah. I don't know. You guys weren't letting people in I or know. out. Locked down. Uh, Locked yeah, down. Or out. Were, nobody was going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So I was surprised at how, um, I don't know, seamless it was to get in here. So that was that was pleasant. That's good. I was That's like kind of nervous about what I was like. Maybe they'll stop me or the send security me back. Was friendly. Yeah, you know, yeah, they were know. cool. I mean, it's an it's a it's a noticeable difference whenever you arrive in Canada, how nice people are. Right. I was thinking whenever I was walking through the airport, I had a few engagements with some people, and I was like, man, are are people really just that nice in Canada, or are people in LA just that? much of an asshole <laughs> it's probably somewhere in between it, somewhere in between probably right <laughs> the, truth, the truth always lies somewhere in the middle somewhere right? in the middle yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's good to be back i'm happy to be here awesome, <laughs> nice man. nice yeah. well we've got we've got a lot we'd love to to cover with you and i think um you know we're jamming on the way here um it'd be fun to kind of start with your origins because uh you didn't have like a conventional childhood that a lot of us grew up with uh your parents are from argentina um harry krishna's right mm-hmm. um has has any of that kind of that spiritual foundation rubbed off on you um like growing up and and um to this day uh, is it still part of your your core beliefs or how has that evolved definitely yeah it's it's definitely woven into the fabric of of who i am and i mean everybody you're born into whatever spiritual practice you know your parents are are following and i just happen to be born into this spiritual practice of uh, the Hare Krishnas. And, you know, my parents, they they were both raised in Argentina. They grew up a traditional, more Catholic upbringing. And uh, in their early 20s, they found this spiritual group that was advocating for a a spiritual framework of how to live a fulfilling, enriching, and meaningful life. 
and they were so they resonated so much with what they were hearing that they decided to renounce all of their material possessions all of their worldly possessions leave their life as they knew it behind and join this this group and and live in this temple and so they did that and eventually they had my sister they also had my brother and their spiritual master their guru told them about an opportunity to come to the united states to live in a a a community in south mississippi and they packed up their bags they had my mom was pregnant with me and they they came to the united states to give um their children a better opportunity for for a better life and whenever they arrived um you know i I don't know if you guys know much about the states but mississippi is the least educated state it's the poorest state and it was the last state to um to give up slavery right i guess is the best word for or, or like to to make slavery illegal so it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, not the most not open-minded as, yeah. community, yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. Right? So when these Hare Krishnas from Argentina yes. ro- roll up on the block. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess they bought land there because it was cheap, the, the Hare yeah. Krishna community. And, um, and they, have this, they had this really beautiful farm community that were, that's where I was born. We had a temple, we had, um, a cow rescue sanctuary. Essentially they would get cows from other farms that were being sent to slaughter and they would take them and raise them and care for them. And when they would naturally become pregnant and offer milk, they would use the milk and use it to feed the community. And, uh, it was just, it was a really beautiful upbringing. You know, when I was little, I didn't have the chance to appreciate it as much Mm. in my, my perspective growing up was I was always very different. And that's what I focused on was I'm so different than everybody else outside of this community. And I felt it. I felt the judgment. I felt the, um, the, the questions I've commonly found myself defending my beliefs and at that age we don't really know how to defend a philosophical belief (laughs) yeah like like that so um but those beliefs are still very much a part of who i am and how i operate and where i lead from today and Mm -hmm. it's it's ultimately how i ended up doing the things i'm doing because it's it's just who i am and as much as i try to not own that and not claim that as a child and, and throughout high school, it was it wasn't until I was 25 that I really kind of reflected on how I was brought up and realized that that is why I am how I am. This is why I do the things that I do, and just just started to really own it and talk about it. Yeah, I think that's like a really important transition piece that like a lot of people miss when they're brought up in like a specific tradition or religion or practice is it is just it's the water you swim in, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to notice the difference, especially if you, were you in like public school or was it? Yeah. 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 So I was, I was, I was, um, basically went through like pre-K, like they have a version of pre-K, yep. um, that I was raised in and then, or, or taught in. And then I transitioned to public school Yeah, and my parents brought me to school in like, I was still 
in the, living in the farm. So in traditional kind of like garb and um, the, 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 the neck beads and they, they have something called T-lock that they put on you. It's like a clay yeah. that you put on your, your forehead right here. And I would go to school like that. And I was clearly the only kid in my class <laughs> and like yeah. kids, kids at that age were, were friendly, you know, like kindergarten, they don't really know any, any different, but they would ask me questions and stuff. But, yeah. um, as I grew older, um, it was, it was well known within that, within my school of like people knew of the Hare Krishnas, they knew of this community and yeah. they had their, um, opinions or judgments or beliefs about what it was mm -hmm. and i've heard everything i've heard you know oh don't you live in that community where they sacrifice children or oh, worship cows or all of it and it was just you know it, it made me not want to talk about it right because i knew what it was i knew it was a very loving kind beautiful place but just misunderstood people judge things that are different than yeah. uh you know the world that they know Mm -hmm. totally. it's funny like we have a lot of conversations with people about um you know what they want when they get to retirement or like what the end goal is and and people often talk about like this community where there's like a farm yeah. and yeah you know people connect over dinner and you know talk you know philosophical beliefs and kind of have this this group that they can grow old with and it's like you know, that's what you had as a, as a, as a child. So it's like kind of a little baby blue zone in a way. Yeah, it's so true. And like the, the older I get, the more I realize like my parents were ahead of their time. Absolutely. They had it figured out. Like yes. I have friends now that are my age or, or, you know, at this place in life where they've, they've, you know, been successful financially and had, had this material success. And they're like, I want to just buy some land in Costa Rica and yes. make a community with me and my friends and make it sustainable and like all this stuff i'm like wait a minute yeah. like, <laughs> sounds I'm coming like, full circle here sounds like my childhood <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so to be raised in an environment like that was really mm -hmm. special because you know we called all the mothers mother yeah it, it wasn't just my mom like we literally called all the mothers in the community mother yeah so it was like it takes a village type of thing like it i i lived that yeah. i experienced that so i was around so much love and so much kindness and compassion and that is, I mean, I was greatly influenced by that. So I feel like that's kind of why I have this naturally softer, more gentle kind of energy about me is because I just was surrounded and in, in just infused with it when I was a kid. It's so cool. Like I've got two young kids and Dean, Dean's got two, two daughters as well. And, um, you know, one of our, my youngest was born during COVID and, and we really saw that isolation of not being able to connect with other parents or, or other moms. And like, you know, we often talked about that you need that community to raise a child and it's mm -hmm. so difficult to do it on your own. So like, you know, I, I think the, the Hare Krishna community, like had so many things going for your childhood, like that idea that you called everyone mother and they all had that mothering, you know, relationship is so beautiful. And, and, you know, seeing, as well in the past few years how isolated people have been and just like the need for community and connection mm -hmm. to have that as the ecosystem that uh, you're raised in is just like so nourishing yeah even if if you know going into public school you just want to fit in and you don't want to be different kind mm -hmm. of that foundation that you were given is is you know quite beautiful mm -hmm. yeah and it, you know as i grew older i realized that your your differences is is what makes you you it, it's what mm -hmm. makes you unique it is your superpower your uniqueness is your superpower and the more you can tap into that the more 
amazing life gets. Like I, I spent so much of my life trying to not be me and trying to fit in with those around me so that I could make other people comfortable or so that I could not be uh, the, the topic of conversation that it really led me astray from, from like who I was at my core. And it wasn't until I started doing all of this reflection and work and, and asking myself these questions about who I am, what I wanted to do with my energy and my time and what I wanted to, what impact I wanted to make in the world is, is when I really started tapping into my own personal talents and, and, and faculties and gifts that, that lie dormant inside of me, but you have to dig in order to really actualize them and bring them forward. So if anybody out there is listening, you know, like that is the best piece of advice I could give anybody is like, is, is don't try to be anybody else, but you, there's 8 billion people in this world. Don't, don't believe anybody when they say, Oh, you're one in a million. That's a slight. That's an insult. You're one in 8 billion. You don't have to bring value to the world. You don't have to find value to add to the world. Like you are inherently valuable just by being you. And that is the gift that you can share with the world. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And it rings so true. I mean, I think in a culture where we all buy the same clothes and, and want to watch the same shows and kind of are influenced by this like very small, you know, pyramid of, you know, the Kardashians are at the top and we all kind (laughs) of follow suit. You know, we all are unique. And I think that's what needs to be celebrated more than where we are all maybe the same Mm because that's, you know, our uniqueness is what makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So good. I love that. I love the wisdom of the community that like, uh, you know, surrounded you and allowed you to kind of have that moment, right? Where some people like we can still get it regardless of our upbringing it's just like that like you said that work on on yourself that you started to do and like that classic ever important word of like reflection mm-hmm. right reflection with intention looking at myself and where i've been and where i've come from to say okay like who am i how am i a unique operator in this world and then like the next step is like so what like so what am i going to do mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. right like what am i going to do or you know, Mary Oliver, this one precious life that we have, right? Or whatever her beautiful quote is that I just butchered. But yeah, starting to look back and then look ahead with intention to say, okay, what kind of life will I design? And I think that's something that you've also done a pretty amazing job of, right? Looking forward and saying, this is who I want to be in the world and how I want to operate mm-hmm. with the, yeah, the products yeah. you've created, the work that you do. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the interest the, the the interesting part is that that didn't happen to me until I was 25 though right you know 25 after I had I'd moved across the country I had such a aversion to to staying in the south because of just the the memory and the energy that I had associated with the, the south and feeling judged never feeling like I belonged right you know in a in a place or in a community like I had friends I, I was very like like well liked in high school and had a ton of a ton of friends but deep down like I never really felt like anybody understood me because I was never fully myself. Right. They, they knew a version of myself that I was presenting to them that was always, you know, slightly masked. Mm-hmm. And I never talked about spirituality. I never talked about anything that was going on at home. I never talked about how I was feeling. So people always got this version of me that was like, you know, the, the like the, the hyper positive, uh, Nimai that was just friendly and, and, and like just 
the jokester, uh, but I never felt like they, they knew me. And it wasn't until I moved to California after I graduated college uh, that I removed, like I, I separated myself from that environment that I really started to ask these questions like, okay, who I who am I now? Who I can choose to be whoever I want to be. Right. What am I going to do with myself? And who am I outside of this and all, all that I've known? And that's when I really started to ask myself those questions of, um, you know, what is what is my life going to be about? Mm-hmm. At that time, I had just started working as an engineer. I graduated my mechanical engineering degree and headed west to work for an oil and gas company, which is um, not something I ever thought I'd say or do. Yeah. When I was in when I was in school, I had an internship uh, at a paper mill, and I was uh, I was assigned to work in a power plant, and. I wanted to, to work in renewable energy because paper mills, at least the one that I worked at, they they are self-sufficient. So they take in the wood and they debark the wood. They put it through a chipper. They put the organic material, all the wood chips through a digester, add pressure, heat, chemicals. And then at the bottom of it, they separate all the organic material. Um, it's called black liquor. And that's combustible. So they use that to fuel their their, oh, wow. their uh, boilers to create steam to create power so my job was in that side of the plant so I found it very fascinating I was like oh cool this is sustainable energy I want to get into this yeah so it looked great on my resume and oil companies loved it so this oil company offered me a job and it was it was a six-figure job and I was 22 and it was I had hit the jackpot yeah you know growing up in a, in a family where we we relied and survived off of food stamps we had you know welfare it was um just we were very materially poor but very spiritually rich mm-hmm. and money was always a topic of conversation it was always a, a stressful topic so i wanted a job that was financially stable that was like my my goal and that's how i looked that's how i made all my decisions what's going to pay me the most money that where i could be the most comfortable financially so once this job came out or I, I was offered this job from this oil company, I was like, done, let's do it. I, yeah. yeah, it completely goes against everything that I wanted to do, but they're they're throwing money at me that I can't Look at those zeros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a 22-year-old that was making $7.25 in the computer lab in, 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 in college to then making, you know, 10K a month, <laughs> I was like, let's do it. So I go out to California and I start working as an engineer and I just completely, the first day on the job, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? This is not what I want to do. Yeah. But by this time I was already invested. I just moved. I spent five years getting myself into debt and I'm here now. What else am I going to do? So I lived with that for, for five years doing this, this role for like pretending to be an engineer for, for five years before I finally decided to, to leave. Okay. (laughs) And what was the awakening when you're like, this isn't fulfilling my life anymore. This isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Well, I guess I knew the first day okay. on the job. Yeah, okay. the first day on the job, I knew that this is not what I wanted to do. But I had to convince myself that it was what I had to do. Right. I, you know, I thought, I didn't think, I thought that doing something you loved and making money were mutually exclusive. Um, I didn't think that you could do both at the same time. You could align your your practice and uh, kind of your values at the same time. Exactly. Like there's a a great definition of a a career that I I love, and it's, it's a profitable source of pleasure. 
Mm. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So that's what your career should be. It should it should be a profitable source of pleasure. So what really lights you up? What are you excited about? What would you do for free? Right. You know what what gives you energy? What doesn't drain you of your energy? People that are entrepreneurs and they work 24 seven, and you ask yourself how do they have that much energy? It's because their work gives them energy. It's because they are tapped in and aligned with their soul's purpose. And when you tap into your soul, it floods you with this universal energy that just gives you life. And when you don't, it, you starve yourself of that energy. And this is when you start to feel resistance in your body is because you're being pinched off from this energy that is constantly flowing to you. So how do you align yourself with that? You follow the things that make you feel good. You do the things that make you feel good because that's guiding you and that's pointing you in the direction of where you need to be. Yeah. I think that's, that's, so good. that's such sage advice. Like, cause I think we can all, people can struggle with what's my purpose. What am I supposed to do? But if you start with what makes you feel good, I think it really breaks it down to a micro level. Cause we can all think of things that make us feel good, whether that's like going for a run or having like a, a, a smoothie that fuels us or, or, you know, binging a TV show there, you can find, you can start to break down the things that make you feel good. And you can start to like, look at directions where you can apply that to your life. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's such a beautiful and accessible way to kind of find direction for people that are, are might be confused to, to what next steps are. Yeah. Yeah. They don't ask those questions in school. No, they don't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Talking no. to a counselor or like a guidance counselor. Yeah. Like they don't ask you those questions. Like, at least in my experience, maybe no. there are great guidance counselors that do ask those questions, but no, I mean, it wasn't my experience. Same. I mean, <laughs> in high school, I was like, I only really thought of the professions. Like there's, you can yeah. be an accountant, you can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. well, I don't want to be those things. So like, mm -hmm. where does that leave me? And mm -hmm. it's like, um, didn't have that full lens of what's possible, you know? Yeah. Well, I think we often put the cart before the horse, so to speak, where it's like, I want like the, the good paying job mm -hmm. because that's, what's going to make me happy. And then I think that's, it's a great example to pull even from your story. Nehemiah is like, you had that and it like, it wasn't doing it. Right. So we often say, well, do like, do whatever it takes to make the money that you want to make and like buy the happiness that mm -hmm. you're seeking. And that's like the, that's one of the myths of capitalism, right? It's like this, this will work. You can buy happiness, but sell your, sell your soul or, you know, uh, exchange your time and energy for something that like doesn't align with who you are for mm -hmm. the end goal of like getting that money. And then at the end of the day, people realize like it wasn't worth it or it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you said you had that realization day one. Yeah. What, what did it feel like living those five years kind of, I, I don't want to make assumptions, but you know, like out of alignment because mm -hmm. we know, I mean, even seeing you as you were talking about like how you find that purpose, like you could see you were filling with energy, right? Yeah. It like lights yeah. you up. <laughs> what was that experience like where you're like, okay, I'm doing this that like, this is temporary. I just need to like get set and whatever, pay off student loans or whatever it was. But like, how did that resonate with you living into the kind of counter experience of like, I, mm. I, this is not who I am, but I need to do this for a time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I struggled with that for, for a while. Like I said, for five years, I remember the office that I worked in, it had two screens. It had a computer screen and it had a window screen. And I would look into both of them and imagine of what life could be okay, like, yeah, okay. you know, just looking out the window, daydreaming or looking into the internet about all the stuff that I'm missing out on. And, um, it was a form of, of prison, 
I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's my eyeballs literally became prison windows and I was like, from my soul's perspective, my eyes were prison windows because it was, I was locked into this, you know, voluntarily putting myself in prison, turning, locking the key, and then just sitting there doing work that was greatly like unfulfilling mm. and meaningless to me. Um, so I, I just had accepted it for a while. And my, ironically, my outlet was what I would do after work what I would do on the weekends, what I would do on vacation, thinking about what I would do whenever I retired. But I, I had this realization that, that life doesn't happen on the weekends. Life doesn't happen whenever you get off work. Like life is happening to you now. And it's represented by how you're feeling now. So if you're constantly feeling bad about what you're doing and how you're spending your time and energy, then that is, it's not going to lead to a different outcome mm. like you it, it's happening to you now so so i started to do things that felt good for me outside of work and that was training training was my my outlet training was my 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 sanctuary where i felt freedom where i felt inspired and motivated so i would just go to the gym a after work and train yeah and just keep training that's what <laughs> kept you sane yeah and inspired yeah 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 that's awesome Definitely want to get into the the training and, and the bodybuilding yeah, and, and yeah. all the vegan gains because that's such a big part of your story. But I thought we could kind of just pause for a second and and uh, talk about intention because you you clearly you know had a realization that um, you know you originally were pursuing something with intention that paid well and mm -hmm. and you found that and you had the realization that it wasn't you know giving you the life force that that you wanted and. Um, intentionally you started to design your life and um, you know I've heard you speak on the law of attraction and how we can attract uh, through you know manifestation through you know putting our energy to bringing it to action um, and you're, you're developing something so beautifully put called intentioneering. So maybe we can kind of just jam here for a little bit before we get into the you know we, we've got a, a lot of We've got goals to to have muscles like yourself one day. Yes. We want to get it. We want to get into that. Top question: When we were brainstorming like things we could talk to, I was like, yeah. "How do we look like you? Yes. <laughs> How many push-ups do I need to do? Superficial goals. Yeah, yeah. Well, no. What's beautiful about that? I'll get to the to the intentioning part in a second. But what's beautiful about that is that you 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 can't look like me. Yeah, you'll never look like me. And I'm not saying that from a place of like uh, like being superior or any or anything like that. Is that like you'll you can only ever look like yes. you Dean's and you can only Dean. ever you can only ever look like like the most you like the most version of you that you want to be so yeah. it all starts with a vision like if like everything starts with a vision like every 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 real everything in your reality is preceded with like thoughts mm, right mm -hmm. so if you want to create your life like the first thing you should do is take some time to envision what you want it to look like, like to the detail, like right. every get as specific as you could possibly get and then feel into that. Like, like don't just ask yourself what you want it to look like. How do you want it to feel mm. every day? Like when you wake up, how do you want to wake up? Like as soon as you open your eyes, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel energized? Do you want to feel excited? Do you want to feel motivated? Do you want to feel 
like ready to take on whatever the day has to throw at you? Do you want to feel prepared, confident, all of these things, like start listing out those emotions because it, you know, from my understanding of the law of attraction, your emotions are what intensify and magnify your magnetic force. So it brings those things closer to you, the stronger the feeling. Yeah. So the, the flip side of that is that the universe doesn't care which feeling you're experiencing. So if you're constantly waking up feeling negative, if you are waking up with despair, if you're waking up feeling um, hopeless, helpless, depressed, sad, all of these negative feelings, emotions, and if those feelings are intense, then that's going to attract those negative circumstances into your life. Mm -hmm. So you really get what you focus on. This is the whole background of, of like the whole premise of the law of attraction is you get what you focus on and what you focus on attracts more of that thing that you're focusing on. So if you're focusing on things that make you feel good, then you're going to attract more things that make you feel good. So that's where I always like to start is just with a clear vision of what I want to attract in my life, what I want to manifest. And then you start taking action on that. You create a plan. You, you do what you can. You, you really try to accept that you can't rush things. That was a big thing for me is like trying to rush the process. But, the, but life is the process. Mm. It, it's, there is no end goal here there's no desk like there's no final goal that once you reach it you say okay i'm done like i'm good i've arrived yeah, yeah. every time you arrive something new is 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 like a new desire has been sparked or given birth to a new desire yes. so you're constantly figuring this out and and for me that's where it starts is just what is it that you want to like actualize yeah what is it that you want to manifest right so you do that like um you know vision boards like people will like scrapbook some people like physically they'll pull mm -hmm. it on like their desktop or they'll open a file or a google doc or whatever and it'll be like images pictures words ideas but this is kind of like taking it to the next step as you said like really mm -hmm. thinking in, with intention about how like how do i want to feel mm -hmm. not just like the places i want to be or or things that i want to do or achieve or accomplish but like What's the feeling behind it? Mm -hmm. That's like the, that's the deeper root, I think, right? It's like um, the, the energy, the emotion that we put out and carry and, and project. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, and really believing it too. Okay. That's the, that's the other part of it is like, once you, once you have the vision, believe that it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Believe that it's already happened. If there's just a buffer of time between you and that thing. So once you believe it, then you can expect it. Right. And, and when you expect it, then you can get excited for it. So if you, if you are constantly living in this excited state, then you're constantly magnetic and you're attracting that closer and, and more powerfully into your reality. Yeah. So the, the, the problem is that like most people have disempowering beliefs. Most people think about the things that they're, they're lacking. Mm. They, they think about how they want money, but really they're thinking about how they don't have money. They, they think about how they need money. Need is a, is a, has a desperate energy to it. You need it to, to feel safe. You need it to feel secure. If you could flip that to say, I'm, I'm, I'm good regardless. I, I know that money's all around me and available for me to receive. It's already there. I just have to receive it. So it's like, 
it, it you trust in the universe, right? It, it like it, it's a hard it's a hard thing to to believe in whenever if you look in your rearview mirror and you look at your life and you say, but look at all this evidence that doesn't prove that belief. That's because fundamentally your 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 perspective is is disempowering yeah yeah you're looking at the evidence of like the times that it didn't happen yeah but what you need to be looking at in retrospect if i'm hearing you correctly is like what was the energy and mm -hmm. what was like your intention that you were putting out there and was it was it desperation or was yeah. it need or yeah. was deflated? it lack yeah. yeah was it scarce was it victim because then those things yeah. line up yeah, it, yeah. It, that proves the the disempowering beliefs but once you're aware of that it that's the beauty the beauty of it is that you can shift it in a moment Ooh. all it takes is, is is one moment to change a belief or for you to have that aha moment and you can feel it whenever it happens you can feel it energetically you can feel it in your body there's a lightness there's a breath that happens where you're like <sighs> yeah like that breath is a dissolution of some disempowering belief and beliefs are self-fulfilling prophecies that's what they are if you believe something is going to be hard it's going to be hard if you believe something is going to be easy it's going to be easy mm -hmm. if you believe like that you are that nothing in this world can stop you from 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 having the life that you want to live then nothing in this world is going to stop you from having the life that you want to live in fact it's going to conspire with you to make that life even more possible and, and even and, and make it real sooner. So this is this is the work that I want to do now is is help people identify what those disempowering beliefs are and how you can replace those with more empowering beliefs so that you can see that you are in control of your life. You are not the victim of your life. You are the beneficiary of everything that's ever happened in your life, even if it's painful that's the that's the trick here is that you can look back and look at all the painful things that have ever happened to you in your life and say oh it's because of that and it's because of this person and i blame this circumstance or or i had no power in this situation it change that perspective all of those things were happening for your greatest benefit you are the beneficiary of those challenges you're not the victim of it I love that. Um, something I heard recently that I, I kind of attached on to is like we have limiting beliefs, but what if we switched that and had limitless beliefs? Mm -hmm. I like that. And it just opens up possibility when, you know, previously we're closing our door to what's possible. Um, so for people listening, say they're attached to, they're in a negative rut or they're, they're, they're attached or addicted to a story that um, is negative, that they're they're not a winner, that they're a loser, that they can't have money, that things don't go well for them, the why me. Mm -hmm. How how do they break that story? Like you, you spoke of it can just be in a moment, but if, if someone's like deeply stuck in a negative narrative mm -hmm. and are having trouble seeing that positivity is a possibility, how what is like an actionable step that someone can take right now to start to redirect their own self-narrative mm. the first thing is awareness right so you have to have awareness of the disempowering belief before yes. you can change it so ask yourself questions be self-reflective write down what you're going through every single morning you know if you, if you don't have a journal practice start you don't have to have a have a goal in mind with when you journal it's more about it's more about what's in between the lines of what you're saying. So once you put something on paper, you can start to recognize patterns 
and it, it's it's the things that you're not really saying or where your 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 blind spots are it's where your fundamental beliefs are and those are where that you can identify where the disempowering ones are but let's say you find out what that disempowering belief is then it's 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 practice you've you've practiced having that belief for your entire life mm-hmm. a belief is is nothing more than a thought that has been repeated enough times until you adopt it as truth. Mm. It doesn't mean it is true, but it's your truth. And the beautiful thing about that is that all you have to do is practice a new thought over and over and over again until it becomes the new belief. So this is why this is why I just tell people just like repeat it. Repeat the thing that you want repeat the the quality that you want to embody whatever that is just keep repeating it to yourself even if it doesn't feel natural i don't i don't believe in faking it you know i don't believe in faking it until you make it just practice it until you believe it Mm. it's like going to the gym It, it takes repetition you know you have to exercise that belief you have to exercise that muscle until you develop the strength to be able to handle or withstand anything regardless of what's happening around you. So how do we go from disembodied to embodied? Because I think it's one thing to say, like, I am positivity. I I envision these things. I want these things. I like to put that that thought wave. But how do we change it from thought um, to embodiment? Mm. So so in the meantime, whenever you're you're practicing this, like, your your be your your behaviors are a symptom of your beliefs right and your beliefs are a, are a symptom of your thoughts so whenever you find yourself thinking these negative thoughts because you'll now that you have the awareness about them you you can recognize when they pop up or where they pop up or where they show up and if you have the awareness you'll say just just try to detach yourself from like the personal like the like the identification of those just say oh there's that thought again. That's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the person that I know that I want to be. Like you take control of it and that takes practice. It'll take repetition. You'll catch yourself sliding into the old behavior every now and then. But the more you do it, the more it'll become just second nature for you to believe what whatever it is you're trying to replace. And then your actions will start to align with those beliefs. It's like, you can tell me something like I can, like people can tell me that they, that they care about them themselves and they want to be healthy and they want to be in shape. But fundamentally, I know that they, they, they don't believe it. You know, your, your body, your, your physique is a reflection of how you view yourself. If you don't view yourself to be worthy, if you don't view yourself to be deserving, if you don't view yourself to have good genetics, then your body's going to reflect that. Your actions are going to reflect that. How you eat is going to reflect that. How you um, maybe abuse your body. Maybe you abuse substances. Maybe you try to escape your body through alcohol or, or whatever else. Those are all a, a reflection of how you view yourself. So get really clear on like like how you can love yourself, Mm. you know, like working out and taking care of your body. That's an act of self love. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting how we will believe untrue things about ourselves and put them on repeat until they 
quite actually become true. Mm-hmm. It might start as a as something someone said to us, an experience that made us feel a certain way that wasn't necessarily true, that we we grab onto that negative thought and replay it, as you said, like until it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy and it is true. And yet we have a harder time doing that with a positive affirmation or a positive thought and saying, I'm going to believe this thing about myself to be true until it becomes true. Mm-hmm. Recognizing like it is already true out there somewhere. I just have to like catch up to it. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of like nonlinear time thing that you've put out there. It's so mm-hmm. good. But I just find it so fascinating. Like wh- why do we gravitate and like reciprocate on what's negative and allow that to become true about us and would feel maybe like suspicious or skeptical of like name it and claim it like manifest this just whatever you want for your life like envision it and talk about it and believe it and just let that become true mm-hmm. when we do that all the time on repeat on the other side of the slope yeah yeah you, you just said it like you, you already do it yeah you just do it in the way that's not benefiting you yeah <laughs> you to flip the switch yeah, yeah yeah but but to go back to like what the point you were making earlier about like why do we do it I, I really believe that a lot of it is just the adaptations. Mm. You know, we, we had to survive some type of environment, some type of experience on a, on a fundamental level. Whenever we were early on in, in our lifetime, something happened to us or a series of events happened to us that formed us. It formed the way that we think. It formed the way that we behave. It, it creates these stories, these narratives that if I don't behave in this certain way, maybe my safety is at jeopardy you know if i if i don't um if i do express myself maybe my parents will hit me right you know if i talk back so so we learn to suppress these parts of ourselves and we tell ourselves these stories that benefited us at one time they you know our developing brain was this was how we protected ourselves and it served us at one point but as an adult we're no longer in those situations and although we're no longer in those situations. Our brain still perceives the situations like it was whenever we were a kid. We go back to that that childish mentality, right. and can't recognize that we're 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 not acting in a way that's that's benefiting us. Where it, these thoughts and these behaviors are are doing us a disservice. Oh, so it 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 almost depersonalizes it again. You 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 say to yourself, I have compassion for that for for myself. I have compassion for that kid that didn't get the need that or his needs weren't being met and he had to learn how to survive on his own and that way of thinking protected him and brought him this far but now I don't need that anymore right like, now I can release that and let that go I'm grateful for that I'm grateful for that yes now how can I let that go and and replace it with this 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 new way of thinking yeah I think that's so important and beautiful for people to remember and like to hear is like those things that we might see as like most negative practices or beliefs about ourselves. Like they may have served us and served us very well for a time, but like we don't need those anymore Mm -hmm. and we can be grateful for those things, Mm -hmm. even though holding them now is, is maybe hurtful or damaging or hard, but to say, no, like that was actually something that my old self needed and Mm -hmm. created to get me to where I am today. And so thank you. But like, I no longer need that anymore. What was Mm -hmm. a Netflix show a few years ago? Uh, Marie Kondo, right? 
Mm. You don't need that thing anymore. So say thank you and like get rid of it, donate mm. it or recycle it or whatever. And it's kind of like we can do that with those those beliefs is like recognize and then it sets you up in that posture of like gratitude not, not self-loathing yeah self-judgment yeah yeah exactly that's so good man exactly yeah i was thinking about the the visioning side too like uh, growing up playing sports for for any athletes listening your coach would often say like visualize yourself making the shot and you know if you're playing basketball you'll see people at the free throw line like closing their eyes dribbling like imagining mm -hmm. the ball going in and it's very normal it's normalized in sports to visualize success but we haven't um in a, in a mass culture way normalized visualizing visualizing that same success for us for ourselves outside of sports and everyday mm -hmm. life whether that's relationships whether that's you know abundance whether that's you know happiness you know bringing that same aspect that we accepted as normal in in a th athletic background to an everyday kind of application mm -hmm. yeah i wish it was more uh, more accepted more widely accepted as a as a as a tool yes to to really benefit from and not as a um i don't i don't i don't like to use the word woo woo yeah right i, I feel like um it kind of minimizes something that it, uh you know can have grand effect on well it, it 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 minimizes anything that's unprovable from from science but you know science is its own religion to many people mm. so anything that hasn't been um you know repeated in a lab or, 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 or proven by a study, um, people tend to discredit or dismiss, but there's so many things about this world that are unprovable, that are experiential and not uh, like in a lab, not, yeah. not, not ineffable. You can't, you can't even put it to words. Yes. And I, and I feel like it also discredits a lot of, um, just just cultures mm -hmm. in sure. general i mean these a lot of cultures are rooted in things and practices that are inexplainable by science but it doesn't mean that they're any less real right so and, yeah i yeah. think what's beautiful we've we've seen you know i like to use the term like science is caught up because we always think of like science on the cutting edge yeah but now like you know for for centuries thousands of years people have practiced like meditation mm. prayer mindfulness these things and now Bre breath work breath work right and now we can like due to thank you like to modern science we can like put electrodes on people's brains and yeah. measure their pulse oh, wow. and their brainwave and they can say like wow meditation really works and it's like these thousand year old cultures are like yeah like yeah we would say we would <laughs> yeah. say that for a long time yeah does Glad it make you're... it does it make it not woo woo now yeah like, yeah you know like so yeah so i really don't like to to use that that word um but if if people would just be more open-minded yes to mm -hmm. things that are have yet to be proven with science or or replicated in a lab i mean the law of attraction can be very easily explained by quantum physics i mean it's it's a it, that's a real science that studies at an atomic level how things interact and how things um uh yeah just how things act yeah. in general and the laws of like newtonian physics don't apply to quantum physics yes so this this goes back to what we were saying um when i was talking about intentioneering before before yeah, let's we, get it let's get into intentioneering okay and, yeah and intentions. so 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 in, intentioneering this is this is a new one-on-one -on -one mentorship program that I, I created and my my goal after years of, of helping people with fitness and helping them uh, achieve the physique that they want and reclaim their health and, and learn how to develop the, the skills and the, the mindset 
on how to live a, a lifestyle, not follow a diet, right? To where it's effortless to be in shape year round and take care of yourself and make those healthy decisions. Um, what I what I recognized was many people just are, it, it starts with their thoughts. It starts with their beliefs. So I started thinking to myself, how can I help people before the physical part of it? How can I help people unlock all of this other freedom, not just from a physical standpoint, but from all other areas of life. And again, it, it talks, I started thinking about the beliefs that people have. So I, I, I wanted to create a program that used this engineering mind, this logical kind of like more systematic mind that I have towards self-development. And I wanted to use the engineering approach towards finding out where you're not free and how you can liberate that. So in engineering, you have an approach. The first step is to define what it is that you are looking to, to know, right? The second thing is to list out your assumptions about the environment that you are studying. So like I said, if you're working, if you're studying quantum physics, you don't use you don't assume that it's under Newtonian physics. You don't use the same formulas because they don't apply. It's it's not going to help you solve this problem. So from from personal development standpoint, instead of equations, the the assumptions are beliefs. So if you if you have the incorrect assumption about yourself, then nothing you do moving forward is going to help you get to the place or help you define the thing that you want to define or help you experience more freedom. And then you use the tools, the systems, the equations, the practices to help you get to that point. So in this case, the, the tools would be things like self-reflection. It would be things like journaling. It would be things like taking care of your body. It would be things like um, meditating and, 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 and practicing mindfulness so that you can experience yourself fully and then live the life that you want. So then you can start engineering or designing the life that you want once you really know who you are and what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. So that's what this intentioneering program is all about is, is helping people discover that. For themselves and then make it a process not an end goal but once you get to the end of anything you you verify your results so then you take a look at what you've accomplished or what you've done and say is this accurate does this make sense is this what i wanted if not then you redo the process if it is great how can i optimize this and you just keep going and you just keep going until eventually you're like at a place where you're like wow this is my life yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Every, I mean, first I'm like, kids need this in like elementary school and high school so that they can be self-aware from a young age. But really, truly everybody needs it. Adults need to rewire, relearn, and kind of redirect our energy so that we are living this life with intention, so that life is happening for us instead of to us. Mm -hmm. um, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's something that I think, especially in today's, world where we're seeing like mass division and just you know people following without understanding um if we can bring intention to ourselves we can project intention into the world and and hopefully live intentionally with the planet so that we are not causing harm we are mm -hmm. living in in synergy and i think it starts with ourselves so mm -hmm. if yeah. we can have that awareness and intention um and an intentioneer our own 
own lives, I think we can kind of macro that and have hopefully kind of spiral out uh, a culture and community of hope and possibility. Mm-hmm. And even just that, like, I think all important and often unseen, like second step you mentioned, which is like the, the assumptions that like might work over here, but aren't going to work over here. Uh, I mean, we've probably all been there or know, you know, people who have the, the idea of like, oh, you know what? Okay. January 1st, like new, mm-hmm. new year, new me. Yes. And maybe they, they operate in a new way for a while, but a lot of those old assumptions or patterns mm-hmm. or beliefs aren't being th- challenged or observed to say, oh, do these work over here? So it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym every day mm-hmm. and I'm going to get super fit. And then after a few weeks, like, they don't feel that much different because nothing else changed or the, uh, the assumption was if I just do this, then this will happen. Mm-hmm. And so I really love that. Like that second step you talked about, which was like understanding those and like not expecting mm-hmm. what worked in one area or realm to just work over here. Like we mm-hmm. might have to un- do a lot of work unpacking first in order to like move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think also this, this, this idea that, whenever you start something new or whenever you start this journey of, 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 I guess, shifting who you are to be more in alignment, it can feel like there's a lot of work to do. It can feel like, I got to eat healthy. Mm. I got to go lift weights or go run and do this stuff. Like there's that, that old part of yourself that will rear its head and start having, you'll you'll have those thoughts. Like, I like set my alarm the night before, but it's going off and I just really want to sleep. You know, it's like, I don't want to do this stuff. So I feel like, again, people focus on the negative, right? They focus on the feeling of obligation to, they have to do these things. You Mm. have to do these things. You don't have to do anything. You get to do those things. And if you could shift to focusing on the opportunity instead of the obligation, then you, you get inspired to do those things. You think to yourself, it's not that I have to go to the gym. It's that going to the gym really allows me to operate at my, my healthiest state. And when I operate at my healthiest state, I feel the best. And when I feel the best, I'm my most creative. And when I'm my most creative, I'm my most innovative or I'm, most, I'm my most productive or I'm my most um, understanding or, or compassionate or, or all of these things because I don't have all this, this noise going on inside of my body that's, again, pinching me off from this life force that my soul is always delivering to me. Mm. So if you could try to shift that mindset, if you're, if you're starting your journey, just focus on what's possible for you, what's available for yeah. you. Yeah, I love that. Or like the, the different emphasis on the have to, right? Like mm-hmm. I used to say with running, it was like, oh, I have to go do it. Cause like I was trying to get back in shape and yeah. you know, I used to do it for training and then it was like, oh now, no, I like I have to. And then somewhere it switched where it's like, Ooh, I like, I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I have to do it because mm-hmm. it's good for me and it sets me up. Right. Yeah. Or it's the same thing. It's like, yeah. I get to, but switching that, like, yeah, the energy the, behind it, the yeah. transmission behind it is different. And then it's like when the alarm or like waking up even before yeah. the alarm, right at five thirty, and being like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. It's time to go. Now, now I get to go down yeah. there and like yeah. get, a, get a sweat this morning. And I know that this is the best way that I'm going to start my day. Yeah, that's like, so true. I love, I love that. I haven't heard that before, but I really love that. You yeah. can say it, this, you can say the same words, but energetically the transmission is totally different. The yeah. have to where it's obligatory. That's a, again, coming from the place of need, yes. need to, or else like, like I say this all the time, like there's a very big difference for 
uh, there's a very big difference between people that train because they love their body and they want to take care of their body versus people that train because they hate their body. They, because they're running away from being out of shape or they're running away from being fat. And if they're fat, that means they're unattractive. If they're fat, that means they don't have any Mm self-worth. Like those are two very different intentions whenever you go to train. I train because I love it. It makes me feel good. I love taking care of my body. I find our bodies completely fascinating. It's it's like the most complex, intelligent, biological machine in existence. And we are behind the wheels controlling it. And we get to choose where we drive this vehicle every single day. And from the moment you open your eyes, you're driving it. You, You tell yourself... Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? Am I going to stop or am I going to go? Every single day you get to drive this vehicle. And unfortunately, most people treat their vehicle like a rental. They don't treat it like a temple. It is a freaking temple. If you treat it like that, you can be driving a Ferrari all day. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be driving in this Pinto. It's got a wobbly <laughs> wheel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you're showing up and things and noises are happening. And, yeah. and you know, like that's yeah. how people operate this, this, this gift that we've been given. So, so if you true. can appreciate it and take care of it, then every, like it's the interface between you and your, like the internal world and the external world. Like this is the interface. This is how you interpret what goes on outside of you. So if you can clear up that signal and make it, highly sensitive to what's around you, you can start to notice things and you can start to notice what's going on internally. And then once you get a handle on that, then you start to show up externally in a completely different way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause to the person working out next to you in the gym, like it looks the same. They're mm-hmm. doing, they might even be doing the same workout with you or whatever, same group workout. And like your, your energetic reason for being there can be polar totally opposite different. and nobody's going to know, Mm-mm. but it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I just love that line. I want to say it one more time. My body's not a rental. It's a temple. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I mean, I, I think in so <laughs> many I mean, Technically, it is a rental because you're, right. like, you're going to have to return it one <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't mean you have to treat it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Treat it like you own it. Treat it like yeah. you own it. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, we're so quick to want to upgrade so many things in our life. Get the upgrade, upgrade our TV, upgrade our car. But mm-hmm. let's upgrade ourselves, you know, let's, mm. let's take care of what we have, what we mm-hmm. know we have for this lifetime. You know, we don't know what we're going to have for the next lifetime, but if you've got X amount of years with this body, yeah. why not, why not enjoy it and, and have it something that is you cherish and, and you have a loving relationship externally and, and internally, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you had a, if, if, if you could snap your fingers right now, if you could like just everybody listening, close your eyes and imagine your absolute dream vehicle. It could be a Ferrari, it could be a McLaren, it could be a 50-foot yacht, it could be a G4 jet, whatever it is. Like When you walked outside and looked at that vehicle, you would just light up with pride, you would light up with joy, you would light up with excitement to say, I get to drive this? I'm going to wake up every day and wash this thing to where wherever I pull up, I'm going to be shiny and, and it's going to be a whole like vibe whenever I whenever I go anywhere. Would you treat it with respect? Would you put garbage fuel in it? Would you bring it to go get maintained whenever it needs maintenance? Would you change the oil? Would you make sure that that it has the latest software? You know, like, of course you would. Yeah. Like, you don't do that for yourself, you know? Like, do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It's like the simplest thing that's so true that... 
and everybody is probably like, oh yeah. Like we just, we intuitively know it, but we forget it and we don't do it. And we neglect the one thing that like we should care about the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it can be work, right? But anything in life that is worth it takes work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you start investing into yourself, that work all of a sudden doesn't feel it's you it's effort but it's not effort against the current like you start to flow resistance yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. which is so important yeah Yeah. that resistance like or that like feeling of like force like i'm forcing myself to do that that implies resistance right and that that resistance that you're speaking of is is internal Mm -hmm. it's it's the it's the misalignment between you and your 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 soul yeah so that that is what i help people identify like where do you find where do you feel that resistance you know how do you how do you become more acutely aware of when you're forcing some life is not meant to be hard i know we 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 live under this impression that life is is supposed to be hard you have to work hard to get the things that you want i don't i don't subscribe to that i think that life can be effortless and and uh, having the things that you want can be effortless Mm -hmm. again it's it's a shift in belief if you believe it's going to be hard if you believe you have to work hard to make money then you're going to have to work hard to make money if you believe it's easy to make money then it's easy to make money if you if it's easy to make money whenever you love what you're doing and you master it and if you love what you're going to if you love what you're doing every single day eventually you you will become a master of that it doesn't matter if it's if it's running if it's cycling if it's doing hair it does you can and if you're a master of something you can monetize it you can profit off of your pleasure yes <laughs> preach i love it preach we Zach and i have lots of conversations like around this so this is just like it's it's so uh encouraging and inspiring just to hear it from someone who's like really living it and has done the work like put put in the work to, in terms of like thoughtfully creating this this kind of avenue for exploring your own life and then to do that in your your own way to say okay what are the things that i want to design what are the things that are important to me like energetically uh to live into and to create and cultivate and so it's mm-hmm. just <laughs> I, I feel like it's just lighting us up Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you guys are doing it. You guys are you. You guys are recording this podcast. I see how much you are all you, you're enjoying it. And yeah. I don't know if you're monetizing this podcast or not, but you could be. Yeah. You know, and you could easily be making money off of doing this, and you love it, and it's easy. Yeah. And you would do it for free. hundred percent. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that intention here, and just thinking about it, it's like we get to be our own science experiment, and we get to like test and prove and test and prove and test and prove and like fine tune the things that work for ourselves. Um, but I was thinking just talking about, you know, bodies and fitness, we could transition to like another big chapter in your life. And, and one that I, I find equally interesting is, mm-hmm. is, and they're obviously integrated into, into engineering, but is the kind of the, the whole mind, body, soul wellness bringing into that, um, you know, the exercise, the fitness, the, the health, the nutrition, mm-hmm. um, kind of, the design of that aspect of our life. I, I mean, I know you were, you were raised vegetarian, so you've, mm-hmm. you've never eaten meat in your life, but, you know, transitioning to, to vegan and, you know, having a career in bodybuilding and, you know, now a business and supplements, maybe we can just talk a little bit about like the health and wellness side of, of fueling our bodies yeah, definitely. Uh, with intention so that we can, you know, be that best self that we're talking about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can, we can start anywhere. I mean, I was, like I said, I was born plant-based. So 
even though it wasn't fully plant-based the majority of my calories came from plants oh, so you know cool. I, I did have dairy growing up so yeah. this farm that i grew up on was a uh, was it like a technically a dairy farm yeah i guess because they they did have cows that produced dairy that we consumed um but for the most part i was just I, I had cheese growing up like that was the only animal product that i had so whenever i gave up cheese that was a challenge for me because i growing up the only vegetarian options in mississippi or mm. places i would go were the ones with cheese it was a cheese pizza it was the cheese quesadilla it was the bean and cheese burrito it was you know cheese was the substitute mozzarella sticks yeah like those, <laughs> those were the vegan or the vegetarian options that i could i could consume so whenever i was older and started really getting into to the nutrition side of things like i was already i was always pretty dedicated to the gym and working out and training but i never really understood the importance of nutrition and it wasn't until i started really asking these questions like okay what do i need to put in my body so that i can make the most gains as quickly as possible and that's when i started digging into fueling myself properly and and at the time you know you learn about protein and the importance of it whenever you're trying to build muscle and at that time my, my protein sources were predominantly dairy they were they were greek yogurt whey protein cottage cheese so uh, i was heavily invested in, in consuming dairy. And I remember coming across a video that my mom of all people had shared on Facebook and it, it showed the inner workings of a dairy of the dairy industry. So it, it kind of lifted the steel curtain and, and showed, um, just the atrocities and the, the way that they were treating these sentient beings. And, uh, ironically it was very, it looked very familiar to me because I was working in a chemical plant at the time. And, my job as an engineer was to make sure that this plant was working efficiently and how can i optimize these systems how can i ex how can we extract more um in this case liquid gas from you know the oil and and the gaseous um uh the, the gas the gaseous components of, of the oil industry how could we extract that and make it into butane and methane and propane and all these things so i was working in a plant and i saw this video and i was like wait a minute look at all these tubes and and, and gauges and vessels and they're just hooked up to an animal and i thought to myself wow there's somebody that's working at this this plant that their main job is to make this thing work more efficiently and how can they extract more liquid from from these animals completely at the expense of them not caring whatsoever about their well-being and exploiting them and i thought to myself like i don't want to pay that guy's salary i don't want to contribute to it i don't want to support it i don't want to keep the lights on in this establishment yeah i'm gonna stop paying for it i'm gonna stop consuming it because now i know and once i know i can't unknow and it doesn't feel right for me to put that in my body, knowing where it came from. So I made the decision right then and there to, to stop consuming dairy and cheese. And I was in this predicament where, what do I do now? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where all my protein was coming from. So I started doing more research. I had no idea about the benefits of a plant-based, like a vegan diet. I heard of veganism, but never really gave it much thought. So then I started replacing the, the calories from, from dairy with more protein-dense plant foods like beans, legumes, bean pasta, seitan, tofu, tempeh, replaced my shake with a, um, a vegan shake. And what I experienced was, was amazing. My 
my lifts went up, my, my PRs went up, my recovery time went down. I felt great. Uh, I didn't have bubble guts anymore all day from drinking protein shakes and had the farts all day. You know, like that's a, I thought that was just a side effect of lifting weights and that's how it was. But turns out I was intolerant to dairy, like 65% of the world is, yep. uh, especially people of color or Latinos or Asians. And I was just like, why am I consuming this stuff? If it's causing me this much, this damage, it's not worth, you know, all these other side effects, plus all the, the, you know, ethical side of it too. Um, and then the rest is history. I felt great. And I started, I eventually did my first bodybuilding show not long afterwards. And I, I won the entire thing and people were just astounded. They were, they, they asked me, you know, if you win a bodybuilding show, people want to know what you did. They want to know what you ate and how you trained. Yeah. And I avoided that question of what did you eat or what do you eat my entire life. So now I found myself in this position of how like people wanting to know, like, but from a genuine place, not from a, a judgmental place. Yeah. And once I started sharing that information, people were just like, didn't know that it was possible or people were amazed and they wanted to try it. And I was just like, wow, maybe more people need to know about this stuff. So I started sharing it online and then, yeah, the rest is, the rest is history. And then I, I, I never planned on becoming a, um, I never consciously planned on, I'll say that maybe I, I did plan my, my soul planned it for me, but I didn't, I don't feel like I ever consciously planned on being in the position I, where I am now of, of offering people health and fitness and nutrition advice. But People kept asking me questions about what about this? What about iron? What about calcium? Like, how do I do it? And I just started researching for those answers if I didn't have them. And then enough people asked me enough questions to where you get a pretty good understanding of nutrition. In my engineering background, I like to understand how things work yeah. and the mechanisms behind things. So I just applied that same philosophy towards understanding the systems of our body and, and the fuel sources that we are putting into it. And here we are you know, five, seven, no, seven years later Amazing. talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's good. Like it's one thing anecdotally for like water cooler office talk for the person to be like, Oh yeah, I'm like Jimmy's vegan or whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. and you're like, cool. Okay. Like what does he even eat? And it's kind of, you know, but when it's like on a platform where people really take note and it's related to specifically to like strength, mm -hmm. right. And physique, because people would often have the caricature of like, kind of like the kind weak, the, the hypermasculine guys, the one with the big muscles, and the and yeah. when when I d define hypermasculine, it's like the old paradigm of like eating a steak and having like the the whey protein powders, and you know, he's like the carnivore kind of guy that we project. That's the guy with yeah. the muscles, you know. Yeah. So breaking that paradigm and showing what's possible. Yeah. This yeah. is what our ancestors did. My yeah, ancestors yeah. were strong and primal, and I'm right. tapping back into my primal essence yeah. of what Which, it means to be a man, killing yeah. with my bare hands. Right. All that stuff is is just false marketing. ego. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. I mean, I don't remember, everybody has ego. I have ego. You both have ego. I'm not denying the fact that I have ego, but it doesn't. You don't have to dominate. You you don't have to like have dominance or dominion over things that are weaker than you in order to show how strong you are. Like, I, I think it's the opposite. Yeah. I think it's how you leverage your strength to protect those that can't protect themselves is what really is a measure of strength. Yes. I think that defines a society, like defines a country, defines a culture of like how, how we treat 
um, those that are, are, you know, less than or have less opportunity or, or in other situations to ourselves, if we can, you know, react with compassion and understanding, I think that defines defines who we are as communities and mm-hmm. cultures and mm-hmm. you can macro that out in such a big way yeah yeah i mean i i fully like you know i i understand the position of people that are less fortunate and don't have as much freedom of choice yes that someone like myself has had like don't get me wrong i grew up in a very um you know like i said like we we grew up on food stamps and welfare checks and my parents went bankrupt twice we never had money to like have much choice with finances mm-hmm. um but i was still vegetarian at the time and we always ate you know i never deviated from that it was yes. affordable to to eat that way but still it's it's i i have choice now yes and i have the choice to go to a supermarket and select a healthier option i have the choice to buy organic I have, I have these choices. Other people don't have those choices. So yes, my goal is to, is to create this information or to, to share this information so that those that don't have a choice can, can eventually have one or or make it more accessible Mm -hmm. or make this information more accessible to them. Because what happens is, is that people that are, um, maybe less well off, they, they take what's available for them. It's like, how can I buy the cheapest food that is the quickest and unfortunately, that's it's causing them more harm. Yeah. So how can we create more opportunities for them to be educated and buy the healthier choice, understanding that whenever you take care of your body, you, you can then take care of the people around you. You can make these healthier decisions and it just snowballs. But I feel like it's our responsibility, the people that do have choice. Of course. To, to make things more accessible for those that are less powerful or or have less autonomy in that sense mm-hmm. yeah and when you're 100 percent agree and when you're someone who is like plant-based like often compassion is a big part of it mm-hmm. and like i don't think that that compassion should stop with like compassion for the animals and mm. the planet like it should be extended to our human sisters and brothers and everyone in between that could like benefit from a sense of agency and activism for like food security yeah right just just that people can access whole healthy foods and it's not going to be out of reach for anyone in our communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, really important because how can you optimize and be your best self if you're fueling yourself with food that is not available, not available or it's food that is like not conducive to be living well. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's an uh, unfortunate marker of our reality at the moment. I think deconstructing kind of the food that you started talking about when you first got into to bodybuilding and, and looking for those gains, like you mentioned, like beans and lentils and, um, you know, brown rice and legumes, like these are all affordable, accessible food. But I think we just need to extend the education that they're affordable and, and good for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're sustenance. They're, they, they provide lots of nutrition. Yes. And it's it's... And they're proteins. People, and there's protein and in there's it. And there's protein in them. Believe it or not, plants have protein. If you didn't know, how, now how, you know. How, how many times have you, uh, being in the position that you are, how many times have you answered kind of the 
the age old protein yeah. question. Is that always like the go to with people that are yeah. are surprised at first that you're you're doing this on a plant based diet? Definitely. Or a plant based lifestyle? Yeah, definitely. And I always respond back with a question like, How much protein do do I need? Yes. You know, they're like, How do you get enough protein on a vegan diet? Well like, Well, how much do I need? And I'm like, A lot. <laughs> like, well, define a lot. What's the what's the what's the number there? You know, so yeah, like helping yeah. people understand that you, you don't need as much protein as what is marketed to you. Yes, like you can understand what your your optimal needs are, and once you exceed that, you're not really doing yourself any favors because your body physically can't utilize it. So you're either going to store it as fat or excrete it. So that extra protein that you're getting is, is going to waste. So what you could do is you could replace those extra calories that you would have been using towards protein and replace them with things like fruit and veg and things that have all of these additional benefits like polyphenols and flavonoids and, and fiber and vitamins and nutrients and minerals and things that are exclusively found in plants like antioxidants that can help you recover faster they can lower your blood pressure they can reduce your risk of certain types of metabolic disease they can heal your gut microbiome so that you can absorb these nutrients better whenever you're consuming them and not create leaky gut or 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 allow you to live in a chronically inflamed state so that you know disease can then propagate so it, it's it's a win-win-win for everybody it's just about education and i also found that it's 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 not about the message so much as it is the messenger mm-hmm. of, of who is delivering this message. So I always try to lead with compassion and lead with openness and never judgment or um, any type of like better than now, like mm-hmm. holier than now type of like pedestalized version of, of what veganism could be or be perceived as. I just try to meet everybody where they are and say, look, I feel great. I know through my own experience how good I feel and what it's done mm-hmm. for me. I want you to feel that same way too. And if you tried it, you might find that there's a lot available for you. Like you've been, yeah. you've been operating from a place that's down here and this is your normal. This is what feels normal to you. But normal doesn't mean natural. Like what, what is natural feels like this. This is how you're supposed to feel. This is how you could feel every day. And, and once people experience that, they, there's a perspective shift of, of, okay, maybe I don't need meat. Maybe I never needed it. Maybe I I can thrive on a plant-based diet. And that's, what's been so beautiful about like these coaching programs that I've done, um, with my coaching company is that like, I've I've witnessed this scenario so many times. Yeah. And, and what's, what's, what's cool is that your, your thoughts and your behaviors are inextricably connected. So if you change one, the, it'll influence the other one. So if you just change the act of consuming animals, eventually your thoughts about consuming animals change. And some people need to experience that. If you just tell somebody, hey, you don't need animals to, to, to be healthy, to build muscle, to thrive, it doesn't really sink in. But once they refrain from doing it and they experience how good they feel and they see the benefits and they notice the transformation, they're like, wait a minute, is that necessary? Do I, if I don't need it, then why, why are we killing these animals? Like if I don't have to, if this doesn't have to happen, then I'm going to choose not to. Maybe it is kind of, kind of messed up that we do this. Yeah. It's very messed up. It's, it's amazing. I'm always 
almost shocked how we kind of compartmentalize and, and put that, that curtain up so that we mm-hmm. don't see what's, what's really happening and, and just accept, you know, accept things for what they are without um, kind of digging in and, and questioning how strange it is that we, you know, have milk that's meant for baby cows and we rename all these parts of an animal to kind of make ourselves feel better so mm-hmm. that we disassociate you know, our food for the individuals that they came from. Um, but I loved what you said with um, thoughts follow behavior because mm-hmm. um, we're, we're big Rich Roll fans. And uh, I know you've, you, your buddies with Rich, how he always, you know, one of his go-tos is mood follows action. Mood follows action. Yeah. 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 So I just, when you said thoughts follow behavior, I'm like, that's, that, that's, that's it, yeah, you know? That's t- yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. And I think if we can... Um, if we can take those steps um, and take those actions or, or relearn those behaviors, those thoughts and those moods will, will just rewire by putting, putting those actions into step mm-hmm. and, into, into the world. Um, one thing I'd love to talk about too is um, when we were driving down here together and it's something I haven't really put that much thought into. We were talking about supplements and I know uh, you've got an incredible uh, business, veg nutrition and, um, like the supplements are such a, like a, a mysterious wild, wild west of, of, you know, food habits where they're not, you know, heavily regulated, at least in, in Canada. Um, so they're not all equal and there's, you know, supplements that are, are $10 and there's supplements that are $250 and, mm-hmm. and it's hard to know, you know, what we should be taking. And, and you mentioned something that was so interesting and, and eye opening was the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of talk about like how the soil contributes to the quality of our supplements and how we should be bringing that into consideration? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this, this applies for, uh, like natural supplements or, yes. or naturally sourced ingredients, yes. right? things that come from the earth, right? There's, there's a lot of supplements that are synthetic. They're created in a lab from a series of chemical reactions and then it's synthesized. But for those that do come from the earth, um, normally they're grown on a farm that you know like a pea farm or a soy farm or or things like that and um, they absorb whatever is in the soil so if the soil is is constantly being sprayed with pesticides it's you know it it has soil naturally has heavy metals so those things can end up in these products in these ingredients especially when they go when they're processed and then they become more concentrated or isolates and they can end up in your powders so um, it's, it's just a, a, from a consumer perspective, nobody really, at least I didn't know or ever think about those things of like where this ingredient came from. Mm-hmm. And this is like any, like, I feel like once you, once you go vegan, you start asking those questions about everything. You're like, wait, where did this come from? This just, did just land here, like on my plate in front of me. Like it came from somewhere. What is the, this, the journey there? So, um, supplements are interesting because, it uh, doesn't really take much to start a supplement company. You don't even have to see your supplements. You could like literally start a supplement company on Amazon. It, you can pay somebody else to pack it, ship it, formulate it. You never even see it, um, which is what a lot of people do actually. So they find out what's the cheapest formula to put into a bottle to sell that they can have the biggest margin off of. Mm. So whenever I got into the supplement industry, uh, all of these things were very eye-opening to me and uh, it just really kind of like blew my mind of, of how people just didn't care or people just didn't know about these things. So my job was to educate the consumer first and then also um, 
try to make every product with as much integrity as I could. So only source the highest quality ingredients, only use organic when possible, test every single uh, raw ingredient that comes into our facility to make sure that it, it's free of these contaminants and heavy metals and pesticides or bacteria or mold, things like that. You don't want to be consuming every single day, which are non-toxic on a very small dose, but consistently over time could end up affecting your health. So, um, so yeah, that was really eye-opening me, eye-opening to me when we first started Veg, and uh, it's it's been a really fun journey formulating products because the cool thing about like owning your own supplement company is I just get to create products that I want, that's <laughs> like yeah, the that's flavors amazing. that I want. Like yeah. if I want a flavor, I'm just like. I'm going to go with that flavor. Hopefully this. everyone likes it. But <laughs> I know I'm going to like it. <laughs> You've got like, uh, I could be wrong here, but like some sort of like coffee flavor. That's yeah. Like, uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've got a protein uh, flavor called cold brew, cold brew latte. And the way that whole thing came about is whenever I was bodybuilding, I was um, just really strict about what I was consuming and my calories. And it, it, when you're, when you're cutting for a show, you have to be so on top of like dialed in on your nutrition that you have to be just you have to log every input so all the inputs are like what you're consuming so coffee in itself is not inherently unhealthy it's the other stuff that you put in coffee it's the creamer it's the dairy it's the added sugar it's the the honey or the agave or whatever else you add to it like those are the things that have all this extra calories that don't provide any nutritional value so i used to grab black coffee and then I had a vanilla uh, protein powder that I kept in my office when I was at work and I would just put a scoop of protein in the black coffee and use that as a like a creamer uh, to make the coffee taste better because I just didn't like black coffee and I remember thinking like oh this is great like I don't have to use creamer I'm using protein so then that's where the idea came for the the coffee protein powder that we released was like okay what if we make a really good protein with real coffee and then you can just replace your cup of coffee in the morning and not have to use all of this extra like plant milk or, or milk that has fat and sugar or creamer and you can just get 25 grams of protein plus 100 milligrams of caffeine efficiency here yeah. Efficiency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing i yeah. love it yeah um maybe we can move towards kind of some of our, our rapid fire questions but do you have do you have any more Health and fitness questions before we got there? Well, I think uh, we talked earlier before too, and it was interesting, like um, in the vein of supplementing, so taking protein for muscle gain, but also like something that has had a lot of research and studies done on it. And we know pretty much this, like effective is this idea of taking creatine mm -hmm. to also help with, um, with like muscular gains and strength. But we were talking a little bit about a product that you have that mixes it with some mushrooms and it yep. works not only for strength and like kind of that explosive thing that we know creatine for, but more like endurance, mm -hmm. which was kind of fascinating because creatine usually doesn't show up in like the endurance realm. Mm -hmm. So can you talk more about like how, how did you bridge that gap or put those two things together? Yeah. I mean, I'm just a huge fan of mushrooms in general. So like the, the power of mushrooms, I feel like we're just now as an industry getting to tap into yes. a lot of the benefits there. So uh, creatine is already a really well-established ergogenic supplement and that's been around for a long time. Like you said, it's been probably the most studied supplement yeah. uh, as far as like the effects of it or efficacy of it. And it, it's, it's been shown to obviously have, um, benefits in, in your aerobic capacity, your, uh, muscular strength, 
uh, the ability to build new muscle and also there's there's cognitive benefits to consuming creatine as well um, and what's interesting is that create like most vegans if you're plant-based you're not consuming any dietary creatine because mm -hmm. creatine is stored in animal flesh so your body does produce it in your pancreas and, and your liver or maybe your kidneys too i believe but um your your omnivores consume it through their diet through their diet so they normally get around like two to three grams of creatine a day that they're technically supplementing through through, through, through food yes yeah so um vegans and people that are plant-based have lower natural reserves of creatine so supplementing with creatine is beneficial especially if you're plant-based um, because it helps with that explosiveness that power that i was talking about whenever we were chatting is is that the first few reps of any exercise that you do um, like you deplete yourself of those creatine stores and then you're not able to produce as much as, as much power which then means you can't lift as much weights or as much training volume which then limits your capacity to grow so supplementing creatine do it if you're not already especially if you're vegan yeah. um but then some i've never done the creatine but yeah, i'm ready you'll feel a difference i'm ready you might even feel a difference mentally as well with your ability to focus and remember things because there's been some some okay. some benefits there as well definitely use that <laughs> yeah and and then the mushrooms uh we we wanted to add in mushrooms to this product to create a uh, kind of like a, a really great product for any athlete, mm -hmm. whether you're a strength training athlete or a bodybuilder or a cyclist or a swimmer or a runner, uh, because these adaptogenic mushrooms, uh, this includes like lion's mane, turkey tail, reishi, chaga, all of these adaptogenic mushrooms, they've been shown to have these additional benefits like oxygen transport. So your ability to uh, fuel your muscles with oxygen whenever you're doing intense exercise. So there's some literature behind that that shows the benefits of supplementing with that. So mm -hmm. taking those two together, it's I hadn't really seen anything out like it on the market yeah. together. So I was like, this is a great, great supplement. And it's it's one of our best sellers, to be honest. I didn't expect uh, it to be one of our best sellers, but yeah, it is. No That's doubt. so cool. We both take uh, cordyceps for, for oh, running. Great. Yeah. And like I feel like it's like a cheat code. Like... If I like, I, sometimes I'll test myself and I won't take the cordyceps for a while to see if I'm just like imagining these, mm -hmm. like these results or this kind of like boost, placebo. boost yeah. that I have. And, yeah. and if, when I don't take it for a while, I'm like more tired. I don't have the same energy when I'm running, mm -hmm. take the cordyceps. And I feel like I'm like super Mario that just got like, you know, the big, the big mushroom. Yeah. I've got superpowers all of a sudden. So. Yeah, I'm definitely a believer and oh, I, yeah. I like to test things on myself. Like I'll, I'll take it for a while, then I'll stop taking it to yeah. see if, if like, if I was imagining things or if those, you know, effects were, were genuine. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sheila Jeet was another one that I, I felt, oh, yeah. that I felt like, uh, an effect from, especially for, for running, mm -hmm. but I'm excited to give this, uh, this veg creatine a try. Yeah. So good. All right. So one more, one more kind of fitness question as, as somebody that identifies as a, a cyclist and a runner and I'm, you know, been injured for the last little while. So I started lifting some weights with Dean. If I want to start to put some more muscle and strength into my, my routine, is there like, um, like, do you have like five core exercises that are like squats, you know, push ups? like, are there like a routine that I should make sure that I'm, I'm following to kind of have a bit more of a full body, uh, full body strength into my yeah yeah definitely so before before entering the gym you, you already named it i don't know if you recognize it or not but start identifying as someone who, who lifts weights start identifying 
as a, as a bodybuilder. All right. You know, like envision that for yourself because you, again, you, you behave in like based off of your identity. Yes. So if you don't believe yourself to be that person, you're not going to act in that way. Yes. You know, so start there. I and, can't wait and, to tell my wife when I get home tonight. Yeah, start. <laughs> Dave, if, I'm a bodybuilder. I start don't know saying if you knew it, that. regardless of it. If, if anybody else believes you, it doesn't matter. If yeah. you say it, you like whenever you go to eat something, you're gonna be like, "No, nah, that's not what a bodybuilder eats. A bodybuilder eats this, you know, or a bodybuilder does this, or a bodybuilder doesn't skip out on the last two reps. A bodybuilder pushes through. Yes, you know, he, he pushes through whenever he wants to stop. So like, get into the mind frame and like try that on. Yeah, you know, like try it like it's a coat. Like try it on. I feel size. Big, I feel bigger already. I don't know. If you, my <laughs> yeah, good. Getting better. Good. I love it. Sitting up a little it. bit over here. Good. So enter the gym first of all with a bodybuilding mindset. Yeah. Cool. Whatever that looks like, or whatever you imagine that to be for you, and then, um, I mean, as far as training goes, especially if you're new to to resistance training, your body adapts fairly quickly, so you don't re- you don't need as much volume as somebody that is an experienced lifter. So for me, I could train six days a week, um, pretty hard, and my body won't respond as quickly as somebody that is new to training. So you only have to train three to four times a week. A, a good split for a beginner would be push pull legs. Yeah, okay. or you could do upper lower, upper lower. So, um, and you'd benefit from doing the compound lifts. So the, the, so really focusing on the, the most bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. So things like the deadlift, things like the, the barbell squat, things like the overhead press, uh, or the bench press or incline press or the bent over row or the lat pull down, like the things that, um, require the most energy, but you could probably move the most amount of weight. Okay. Right. Properly though, with good form. Yeah. That's the key here is, is before you do any movement, what is the intention of that movement? Is, is your intention to just throw around some weight and feed your ego or is your intention to really maximize the force and the stress to put on that particular muscle and activate as many muscle fibers as possible and isolate that muscle group as to the best of your ability? So people go into the gym with the opposite. They want to ego lift. And this is why you'll see people train and train and train for years and never make any progress is because they're not really training. They're just going through the motions. Mm. So intentional form and function yeah. over just like throwing some crazy reps and trying to get that pump yeah. before yeah. you head out or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as a beginner too, because what you do is you, you, you wire your brain to activate and cue your body properly to engage the right muscles that you need to engage in the right sequence so that you can perform that rep the most efficiently. Okay. So that's, that's what I like to do. Like whenever I do squats, I like to like, put my head under the bar, put the rack or put the, put the barbell on my traps. I take a deep breath. I engage my core. I kind of rotate my hip, my, my hips a little bit inwards. Then I lift up off the bar. Then I take a step back while keeping my core, my core engaged. Then I take another big breath. I take, I look at a spot on the floor. I take a big breath in. I really do a 360 breath to fill out my entire diaphragm. And then I, I lower it. I drop my hips back. I, I try to imagine squeezing the floor outward with my feet. So I get some external rotation. So I put the stress on the outside of the center line of my leg. Like there's a lot of cues yeah. that you go through, right? I try to go to the, to full squat depth and then I, I try to explode upward. I imagine just like jumping through the roof with the weight. Like all of these are intentions, Hmm. right? That you're bringing to an exercise. But most people, they like, okay, how can I get through this as quickly as possible? Because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
So bringing, I love this because you're bringing that same attention and awareness that we were talking about in designing your life into your into your fitness uh, routine. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just like one specific movement, how much goes into it. Yeah, is so yeah. good. Yeah. A lot of it's natural. I mean, a lot of it is natural. You don't have to think about it. But when you break it down into a sequence, a sequence like that for a beginner, yeah, you start to. You, you, you start to go through that every time you prepare to do an exercise and then eventually just becomes second nature. Like right. you know how to activate everything and you, you like you build those pathways. But if you build the pathways incorrectly, if you um, if you, you know, don't have the right stance or you don't have the right cues, then you start to compensate, you start to squirm, you start to engage other muscle groups that aren't meant to be engaged. They're meant to be like stabilizers or, or something like not be engaged at all so that's when you can develop imbalances that's where you can potentially injure yourself so i'm always like a big proponent of like fundamentally understanding what you're doing first why you're doing it and then building off of there yeah are, are your fitness goals for longevity any different than your fitness goals for for today um i, I mean my goals have always been longevity mm-hmm. like uh, this is one of the reasons why i'm I'm vegan as well is because I want to feel good well into my nineties. I, I mean, I'll even have say into my hundreds. Um, and as far as training goes, I, so I don't really train like I used to whenever I was a bodybuilder because my goals are just different. I'm not worried or concerned about being as big as possible or being on stage next to guys and being compared in that way. Um, I had to let let that go. And part of that was ego too. Whenever I stepped away from bodybuilding, because I had built a whole brand, personal brand about being a vegan bodybuilder that whenever I no longer identified as being a bodybuilder, um, you know, it, it was, it was like, I had to let that part of myself go. So that meant not f- like focusing so strictly on like what I was eating or going to the gym and just putting 110% into every single workout. Like I dialed it back. I have a lot more balance now with like intuitively eating, not tracking any calories or macros. I haven't tracked in, since I retired like four years ago. And I still managed to stay in, in great shape year round because that's just how I am. This mm-hmm. is just a way of being for me. It's not a diet. It's not, it's a lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I, I, I eat healthy. I train every day. I still push myself every single day, but I, I find enjoyment in the the newness so the like what we were talking about earlier when you guys are getting into cross training and and like the newness of lifting weights and seeing the progress like i enjoy doing that in things like yoga and things like mobility and things like functional functional training or athleticism so not just how much weight i can or bodybuilding was never about how much weight i can lift it was about how much weight i look like i can lift Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That guy yeah. looks like he left a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. The the evolution, the evolution of movement and training and just like our physiology, I think is always something that we can be pursuing and curious about, right? Like what's the next, what's the next thing I'm going to try to, to do or achieve in my body with my body for mm-hmm. my body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. The temple. The temple. The temple. Not the rental. Not the rental. <laughs> Although... <laughs> <laughs> we need a tagline that I know yeah. I know that's good <laughs> well we always like to wrap up with a little random fire rapid fire just for some some fun kind of takeaway questions all right and, let's go and um yeah I just want to also express like our gratitude for you uh you know sharing your time uh with 
to have this conversation with us. I know yeah. it's a, a busy weekend here in Vancouver. So, so thank you for, for sharing your time and, and thank you for, you know, in, in thanking from the, the greater community for the space that you hold and, and how you show what's possible for so many people. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm a, I'm a juice and smoothie guy. Um, what do you put in your, your smoothies when you're, when you're fueling yourself? All right. What's I, your go-to? It's pretty, pretty simple. I put veg, plant protein. Yeah. I normally, I normally do the vanilla ice cream yep. flavor Oof. with uh, plant milk. Sometimes it's oat milk. Sometimes it's soy milk. Sometimes cashew milk, just some type of plant milk, uh, banana. I'll put hemp seeds, I'll put flax seeds. Um, sometimes I'll put peanut butter in there. Sometimes I'll put greens, blueberries. I mean, it's just whatever I have in my cabinets, I just buy all these ingredients and just put them into a smoothie. Uh, lately I've been doing one that's just, um, it's plant milk. It is banana. It is a full orange and vanilla ice cream or the plant protein. Yeah. Yeah. And it tastes like an orange creamsicle. Oof. And it, I put a little dash of vanilla in there. It's so good. Like, oh. I don't remember if you remember those like push pop, those like yep. Flintstone push pops whenever you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's what it tastes like. Oh my so good. goodness. Yeah. Okay, we need to get some of this. We've yeah. got to figure out how to get this product in Canada. Yeah. yeah. I've got yes. some at the hotel. I'll give you some. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to make that later. What's your What's your favorite, um, favorite workout to do in the gym? Like either a, a move or like day, is it leg mm. day, back, whatever. What's your favorite kind of, the one that you look forward to the most? Uh, arm day yeah 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 historically it was arm day now i really love leg day okay yeah yeah before when i was competing i loved like i didn't train my lower body as much because i wasn't being judged on my lower body i wore the shorts so it was like the shorts to the knee so your quads and your glutes and your hamstrings weren't like judged yeah so i was like i'm gonna just work on my upper body more to like develop that especially when you're competing against guys that are on gear so i was like i had to like make up for the, the time that they have training in that way so um so but after i stopped competing i started really getting into training legs and same reason it's a challenge yeah and there's like so much room for growth and i just i like leg day now nice yeah i like i like getting under a heavy bar and seeing how many times i can rep it out yeah like there's a there's a moment where like you hit like a pain cave and everything in your body is telling you like, no, 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 stop, stop, drop the weight. Like this is the last set, like last rep, put it down. And then there's like another part of you, like a smaller, like more subtle voice. That's like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that voice. Listen to that voice. Yeah. One more. Yeah. 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 It's it like, what is that? There's an old like indigenous story about like the two wolves that live inside of us is mm. like, like which wolf do you feed? Yes. It's like you either fear love or you feed fear. It's like, I feed this wolf. Yeah. You know, yeah, like that's yeah. the one I want to feed. So good. <laughs> so good. I heard you used to be a soccer player. I did. Do you still have, uh, do you still have those soccer skills? I don't know. I haven't played soccer in so long. It's been, I, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find <laughs> out. We got a soccer ball. We get to that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> So good. All right, we talked a lot about um, kind of the law of attraction, uh, intentioneering. Are there some some books that um, you know you've gifted a lot in your life that have have helped your own evolution? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. The the, uh, the the first one that comes to mind on this topic is the law of attraction. It's it's by um, Jerry and Esther Hicks, and it's just 
such a good book. It just provides a framework of how to maintain a positive mental attitude and how to train yourself to focus on the things that you want versus the things that you're lacking. And I, since I've applied that to my life, it, it just like it's crazy how quickly you can manifest things like that's that's the game I like to play now is is how quickly can I manifest something that I desire and it's a fun game to play because once you start getting good at it then life just opens up for you so that's that's a good one uh the law of attraction another one if you're looking for more of a uh like a spiritual book if somebody's like just beginning their spiritual journey um the untethered soul by Michael Singer is a really, really good, powerful book. I really love that one. Um, if you're looking for more of a book on how to create change in your life, I love um, Charles Duhigg, The Power of Habit, or uh, wow, James Clear, Atomic Habits. Oh, yeah, yeah I cool. love, I love learning about. Yeah, yeah, that's I right love. There. I just love learning about behavioral change and and, and cognitive behavioral like therapy and, and things like that. So. Those are really great starting points for anybody. Do you ever dive into the fiction or do you kind of stick to the, the nonfiction? I've historically always been more drawn to, yep. to, to fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Nonfiction. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, kind of the growth mindset. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Dean. You got a uh, favorite like playlist or anything to rock while you're working out or do you? Yeah, I like, I mean, I like such a wide variety of music except country um <laughs> is that a hangover from like the mississippi it upbringing is, it yeah. is. i don't know if it's a trauma response or what but just uh, the moment i hear country i'm like mm, no. my body's like a full body no uh <laughs> so but anything outside of that i'm open nice. uh, i get inspired by uh electronic music by hip-hop by like i'm stuck like my my like musical genre is stuck in like the 90s early 2000s like my nice. brain refuses to remember lyrics any any new lyrics from any new artist funny how that works I'm the yeah same. like but a song can come on that i haven't heard since i was 12 yeah. and i'll remember every single yeah. one of the words yeah so yeah anything in the 90s alternative um yeah, I love that. I love it's that it's funny. I didn't know I knew all the lyrics to those songs back in the day, but like yeah. if like a Spice Girl song comes on the radio <laughs> yeah. or something, oh, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I know it's every programmed. song. programmed. Yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. programmed. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think probably my favorite song to train to is uh, Schism by Tool. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's a great song. Yeah, such a good song. Yeah. Such yeah. a good song. I've got, I've got memories of me and my buddy, uh, me and my buddies, Justin and Chris, whenever the pandemic hit, we built out a gym in my buddy Justin's garage. Nice. And it was just a, just a, great just garage gym and we would just we didn't have anything else to do so we would just train for like two three hours at a time and we just had the music blaring and we just had tool just playing and it was just three guys just going in rotation yeah. just lifting weights it was such a good time they're a great band. such a good memory great band that's awesome um do you know you want to you want to close it out bring sure. it home yeah so as zach said we're just so grateful for you your time the space you hold in the world and, and for chatting with us today um we started this podcast we called it a little more good because we just believed in um that's what we wanted to create see and do in the world is just have space for people to experience life in in a good way and you know ever increasing increments but we always ask our guests that's uh, that's with us what is that phrase or statement like what does that mean to you a little more good mm. i feel like the first thing that comes to mind for me is is how can i think and act 
from a place or from more of a place from service than for self just self yeah selfish i don't i don't want to say selfish but just like how can i think of others more frequently than what i'm thinking now mm. and if you take that approach with you towards your relationships towards your your kids towards your mom your dad your your lover your boss strangers like i just feel like that is such a powerful gift to share with the world because you 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 empathize with people you have compassion for them and you treat them more with kindness and sometimes like just a little tiny act of kindness can make such a difference to somebody and it's completely free it doesn't really cost anything to do that's right <laughs> that's right service over self pass that it. kindness down yeah smile at a stranger yep that's amazing all right Nimai. well thank you so much for your time we're so excited to you. to you know go listen to you talk at planted later this weekend um and i know you got some adventures coming up here on the the pacific northwest so yeah. i'm excited to see where that takes you yeah. yeah thank you guys both for having me i really like thoroughly enjoyed this conversation so it was it was good likewise thank you thanks thanks Nimai. Ooh. Nimai, Nimai. yeah like so good so so good i don't know if you could feel it sense it through through the airwaves but just like i said earlier that the energy um, that he brought that we all shared and felt was awesome hearing his story um, and, and kind of the surprise turn the conversation took and just not just focusing on okay like what's it like being this like vegan bodybuilder but so much beyond that and what's next even for him is just so cool so cool to have that and, conversation and intention hearing I feel like um, you know we were so privileged to get to have that conversation but I want to go deeper into that like yeah. it was lighting both of us up I'd love to, you know, when once Nimai launches some courses or wherever that grows into, yeah. I, I want to be on that path and keep in, in, being an intentioner in my own life. Totally. Yes. It's the, I think it's the best way forward. Like, you know, don't let life happen to you. Like take, take the bull by the horns to use that, you know, saying or whatever and, and really just um, be your own guide and follow the wisdom and stuff that's in front of you from other people, but like really uh, make the most of it with what you have by setting your course and saying, this is where I want to go and then starting off in that direction. Like it's as simple as that. There we go. Uh, again, quick shout out to the planted team. Yes. Shout out to my detox for providing space and just being the best always. And shout out to all you guys for listening to this podcast, making it this far. If you enjoyed this episode as much as we did, uh, you know, be sure to, Share with a friend, like, subscribe, write a review. All those things help us spread a little more goodness in the world. That's right. And feel free to drop us a line. If you uh, are wanting to hear someone on the pod, you're, you know, found a cool author or know someone um, that's up to cool work, just, uh, just, just drop us a line. We love to have amazing conversations with just rad humans. So if that's you or someone you know, let us know. There we go. All right. Until next week, everyone. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.